Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of All Good Points. It's your host, as always, Ricky Gray Jr., and this week I'm going to be talking about the NFC East and the NFC West, a couple of divisions with some really big question marks. Can the Rams make a run back to the Super Bowl? Can the Cowboys take the number one spot yet again this year? All that and more on this week's episode of All Good Points. I will also be announcing the winner of this year's first giveaway on the break. So remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Now let's start the show. So let's go ahead and kick things off with the NFC East. There's a couple of talented teams in this division, so we're going to start with the ones that are kind of flying under the radar. The New York Giants finished with a lackluster 5-11 season last year, but they do have a couple of bright spots. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram. I'm going to touch on those guys in a second, but I think the real question is, does Eli lose his job this year? Maybe, right? Eli didn't play well at all last year, and he hasn't for the last couple. Daniel Jones is a young quarterback. He's playing pretty well. So maybe Eli does lose his job this year. Maybe not. You know, time's going to tell, but it's clear the Giants are looking towards a Manningless future. Now, let's talk about pros and kind of a con. Odell Beckham is gone. That's kind of a pro because a little bit of the drama of the, I guess, outer um, outside influence, I guess we could say, when it comes to Odell Beckham, that's gone. They don't really have to worry about that. You don't have somebody that's kind of causing the sideline distractions, and you still have somebody like Sterling Shepard, okay? That's... That's kind of like a, it's a pro, but it's a con. And and the reason why I say it's a con is because you don't have those sure Odell Beckham hands anymore, that sure route running, like that tenacity when it comes to the wide receiver position that a lot of corners are worried about. You know, you don't, you don't have that. The only thing that I think was always a con when it came to Odell Beckham was the fact that he was so easily bothered. Like you could easily get under Odell's skin if you're a corner. Look at Josh Norman. Look at Xavier Rhodes. Like, there's so many corners that have been able to get under that guy's skin and get him frustrated to where he has a a pretty bad game. So, that being said, um, another pro is Saquon is an incredible running back. He had 1,300 yards, well, over 1,300 yards, and 11 touchdowns last year. The guy is... The guy is an insane running back, and he's so much fun to watch, right? Now, if I can if I can turn over to a to a fantasy tip, that guy has to be at the top of a lot of people's list right now as far as fantasies go, right? Like there, there's not really a way or a world where Saquon isn't topping charts as far as being like your number one running back to pick up. The guy was insane last year. Now, he's going to repeat that this year. I think, like, even with their offensive line woes and things like that, he's still a sure bet as far as fantasy goes, okay? So, offensively, yeah, the Giants kind of look like they might have a little bit of potential there, right? You know, and it, it does depend on Eli's play. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him. But I do think that Eli will probably play a little bit better knowing that Daniel Jones is just kind of sitting there waiting for a shot and waiting for a shot. Now, of course, I don't think that it's like a I don't think it's like a, a thing where Eli gets benched because we all remember what happened to Ben McAdoo after he decided he was going to bench Eli Manning. It did not go well. It does not go well in New York if you try to sit Eli Manning. So Pat Shermer is not going to make that mistake, right? But say Eli gets a little bit worse for wear and Daniel Jones comes in there and he starts shredding it or he starts making some really good, really, really high IQ quarterback play. 
they're going to have to take a look at that. They're going to have to see where the potential could be for Daniel Jones down the line and be like, huh, we might need to look at this guy a little bit closer. We might need to figure this out a little bit more. We might need to take some time to readjust what we're going to do with Eli Manning. Okay. They also have Golden Tate. Um, Golden Tate is suspended right now, and I don't really know off the top of my head how long he's going to be suspended for. So that's kind of up in the air. Um, Evan Ingram, great tight end. That is a great tight end. That just rounds out your offense. But it also, it really depends on how effective Eli is going to be this year. Do we think that we're going to see the Eli of last year where it was, you know, not very good quarterback play? You know, and that's not all on him. There's some offensive line woes there and things like that. But when you have the weapons that you do, like Sterling Shepard, Barkley, and Evan Ingram, you have to be able to do something with that. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. First game up, they have to play Dallas. That's a tough game. I don't think that's a game that anybody really wants to start off with, especially once this whole Zeke deal goes through, and we'll touch on that in a second. But first game at Dallas, they're probably going to take the L there. Uh, Then they play Buffalo. That could be a good game for them. Maybe take a dub there. Uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just going to be weak this year, so I don't think New York's going to have a tough time with that. Then they play Washington. Washington we're going to touch on in a second, too, so I don't really want to cover that. But all in all, their schedule doesn't look incredibly difficult. That being said, I could really only see them pulling out like a nine, maybe like a nine and seven year or like a seven and nine. We could probably flip it both ways and and it would be close to the same thing. Um, I don't I don't see them being like a powerhouse in the NFC East. I just don't see that happening. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe they pull something out of the hat there. But I do think that one of the things that they're going to have to take a look at going forward is going to be what they do about Eli Manning, whether he continues or not going through the year. So let's move on to Washington. So moving on to the Redskins, they finished seven and nine last year, which wasn't awful for all of the injuries that they had to go through last year. Um, Mainly one talking point is that Alex Smith injury. That was that was horrible to watch, right? I had to sit. I watched that play a couple of times, and it was just really, really tough to watch. And after, you could just see that that Washington was kind of diminished by the whole thing. Like, that took a lot out of them to see that happen uh, to their star quarterback. Dude, they, play, they paid um, crazy amounts of money to, to bring him over, and they were playing good with him. But it just goes to show you that sometimes in the NFL, there's just shit that happens that you cannot control. You just have zero control over. And uh, it looks like they've moved on. You know, they brought in Case Keenum. They drafted Dwayne Haskins. And I do think that both of those moves are are really smart. Uh, More recently, they gave uh, Case Keenum the starting spot. Good on them. Uh, Good on them for picking a a veteran quarterback that has a couple of good seasons under his belt. Mainly the one with uh, Minnesota where he went 13-3. and Minnesota should have never let him go, but they did. Um, and that gives the the Redskins a really good opportunity to to kind of do something with this guy at quarterback at the helm. Now, I understand that there's some hype behind Dwayne Haskins, and a lot of people wanted Dwayne Haskins to start. I get that. But I don't really think Dwayne is ready for the uh, the league on this big of a level yet, right? There's a lot of things that get thrown at you, and you're not always going to get a rookie that's that's ready to start. You know, the rookie that's ready to go out there, you're not always going to get a Baker Mayfield where they can handle that pressure. And I don't think that Dwayne Haskins is that quarterback that can do that. Um, Another strong talking point is Darius Juice. 
Darius Juice is a really good running back. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see how he plays in that offense. It's gonna be fun to watch him. Rookie Montez Sweat on defense. That's a really good, really solid defensive pickup. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what the Redskins can bring this year. Now I've been taking a look at their schedule. All right, they don't have they don't have an insanely tough schedule, but they do have like three games right from the jump that they could go 0-3 on because they play Philly and Philadelphia first, then they play Dallas, and then they play Chicago. Those are some hard teams to face as your first three teams. So give or take, you know, what happens there with uh, with those beginning three games, you might see the pace for the Redskins kind of right from the beginning. You might, you might be able to tell what you're going to get from them for the rest of the season right from the jump. So... You know, I don't want to say that they'll have like a seven and nine season again, but I do, I could see that happening. To be completely honest with you guys, I could see that happening. There's a lot of, a lot of ifs, ands, and buts going into the Redskins this year. You have to see how Case can control that offense. You have to see how well the defense can play against those first three teams because those are three solid teams to have to play right from the jump. So what we're going to do now, since we just brought up Philly, we're going to just move on right over into Philadelphia. So let's talk Philly, right? The city of brotherly love or the city that after winning their first Super Bowl destroyed the town. Either way, Philly is in an interesting situation after finishing 9-7 and seven last year, but their safety net, Nick Foles, is gone. So now Carson Wentz is going to take the helm. And for the Eagles' sake, let's pray he doesn't get injured again. Letting go of Foles, good idea, bad idea. Let's talk about that first. Um, man, everything in me is telling me that that's a bad idea, right? I don't see, man, I don't see Carson Wentz finishing out a season, and I hate to say that because as a, like from a fantasy aspect, Carson Wentz is not a bad decision at quarterback, especially like QB2. That's not a bad decision at all. Um, but man, that guy was, that guy was, dynamite for a while and then those injuries started to kind of get to him and I don't think that he's going to be a hundred percent I noticed something that he said he wants to make some more plays from the pocket that's smart maybe make less um how would you say maybe less silly plays with his legs I don't know maybe that's not necessarily the word to use but um you know, Nick Foles being gone, that kind of that kind of leaves it as, okay, Carson is your guy. This is it. There's there's no going back. There's no figuring anything out if he if he goes down. If he goes down, the Eagles are done. Um that that brings it back to can Carson survive a year without injury? I don't really I don't really think so, man. I really don't. As good as a quarterback he is, um I'm I'm not gonna take that away from him. He's a great quarterback, but I don't really think that he's going to be a hundred percent through the whole year. And I don't necessarily like to say that, but I will tell you guys the truth because that's what I do. Uh, taking a look at their schedule, you know, it's not necessarily like the hardest teams in the world. You know, they've got, they've got some tough games. They got, you know, their two games against Dallas. They got games against Minnesota and green Bay. And that depends on how you look at it. You know, is, is green Bay going to be hot this year or is, are they going to be cold? Same thing with Minnesota. Uh, they do have to play New England and Seattle. Those are two tough teams to play. They also have to play Atlanta. That's a good offensive team, but there's not much else, you know, there really. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. It's it's really a toss-up when it comes to the Eagles' year, depending on how 
well and how healthy Carson can stay. Um, so it kind of, I guess it kind of just depends on whether or not uh, Carson's going to be able to finish this whole year out. You know, that that's kind of what the where the linchpin is at. Could I see them going, you know, nine and seven all over again? Yeah, of course. I could definitely see them going nine and seven again. I don't necessarily want to think of them lower than that, you know, at a seven and nine or an eight and eight. But if Carson goes down, I mean, you're going to see like a four and 12 team. You're not going to you're not going to get the, you know, era where it was uh, Carson went down and they went and won the Super Bowl. Like that's not going to happen again. You know, that that, that happened one time. And, uh, you know, now that Nick is gone, that safety net is gone. So there's not really much else they can do. There's a couple of good players on the team. Um, breaking news was uh, Deshaun Jackson just broke his ring finger. So there you guys go for that. There's a little bit of live news uh, that actually just popped up across my screen right now. So, you know, that that's a tough thing to deal with. Um, there's a couple of teams, though, in that division that I think maybe could get them off of their game a little bit. I think New York could have a chance to kind of kind of poke and prod the Eagles and make the Eagles not look so hot. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just the way that I see it. It's not necessarily like it's it's set in stone or anything like that because anything can happen over the season, especially if Carson stays healthy, you could see a really really solid team. You never know. You know, that's that's something that you can't discount. But uh to talk about the NFC East champions, Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, okay? All this drama with Zeke, you know, not signing his deal. Here's the thing. They're going to they're gonna finish that deal, right? Like, you understand that. There's no way. There is zero chance that Zeke doesn't get signed before the year starts. For whatever contract that they end up giving him, which will probably be, it'll probably make him the highest paid running back in the league. But either way, they're going to sign Zeke. Another another time where he just goes and shreds, you know, all over again this year. Uh, Dak is kind of I don't I don't want to say like kind of coming into his own, but he had a he had a pretty good year last year. I'll give him that. He had a pretty good year. They also have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Those are two really good wide receivers on the opposite side of the ball. You know, you've got Sean Lee, you've got Demarcus Lawrence, you've got a lot of good a lot of good football players on the opposite side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see as far as Cowboys go. They finished ten and six last year. I could see them pulling out another ten and six year uh, this year because I don't really think that anybody else in that division has a whole lot to go against them with, you know. And uh, you know, it was the Eagles. And depending on whether Carson Wentz stays healthy the entire year, it could be the Eagles all over again. But do I see that happening? No, not really. I don't. I don't really see that happening. I could see, you know. Dallas pretty much solidifying their dominance in that division, right? That's that's what I see as far as the NFC East goes. Guys, we've got to make an announcement, and we have to announce the winner of this year's first giveaway for the All Good Points podcast. So let's make some announcements, and I will be right back. Hello, everyone. Just a quick interruption to let you know that I will be live streaming the first ever All Good Points podcast fantasy football draft on Twitch. This Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, just head over to twitch.tv slash itsgameover702 to watch us draft. You can hang out, ask questions, play games, maybe even see some snakes. So remember, twitch.tv slash itsgameover702. And now, to announce the two winners of the first giveaway this year, number one is Casey Carlson at Casey's Instead on Instagram, and the other one... Okay, 
The other one, now I have to try to look, is at Ale.13. I hope I'm saying that right. So Jonelle and Casey hit me up on Instagram, DM me. I will actually be making an announcement on Instagram as well. But congratulations. I will be out of town for a little while. But when I get back on the 10th, I will be shipping your items out. So let's get back to the show. All right, guys. So now we got to move on to the NFC West. And we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Um... There's honestly not a whole lot to say here, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Arizona. Uh, Arizona finished 13 and three. Jesus, switch that backwards. Three and 13 last year. But does Kyler Murray come in this year and change the franchise? The answer is no. Um, and I, I don't mean that to be kind of uh, like a cynic or like an asshole. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just don't think that Kyler Murray is really going to fit into the NFL system. Um, a lot of people are trying to compare him to Russell Wilson already, and I think it's way too early to compare him to a quarterback of that caliber. Russ is a completely different style of quarterback. Yeah, he's mobile, but at the same time, he's really good at reading defenses. Kyler Murray is a snap-and-run kind of quarterback. Can he make some decisions? Can he make some throws? Of course, right? Because every quarterback's required to do so. Do I think he's the be-all, end-all for Arizona? No, not really. They had the same kind of deal with Josh Rosen last year. They were thinking Josh Rosen was going to be the answer to all of their problems, and he wasn't, okay? Um, You don't just pick and plug a quarterback in, and they become the be-all, end-all for all of your issues. That's not how that works. Um, Another thing, one of the things that I've been noticing, and this is just from a fantasy aspect, is David Johnson really that good? I mean, let's just be serious with each other for a second, okay? I see a lot of people in fantasy, mainly one guy in particular, That is very high on David Johnson. I'm not really sure I understand that. Everybody seems to be stuck on this 2016 season that he hasn't repeated at all, okay? He's, he was 41st in average yards per game last year compared to Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. He's not, he's not that good, okay? I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback for Arizona because he is a good quarter or a good running back for Arizona because he is a good running back for Arizona. But at the same time, is he this guy that we need to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over? No, not really, man. Like, he's a good running back, but I don't think he's anywhere near Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. Um, as far as Arizona goes this year, man, I could see a 6-10 and 10 season. I could see a 5-11 and 11 season. I could see a 4-12 and 12 season. Hell, they might even end up thirteen or 3-13 uh, and 13 all over again. I don't know why I want to say 13-3 and three so bad. I've been getting really close to saying 13-3 and three with them. I don't get it. Either way, 13-3 and three is stuck in my head. I think it's because I was thinking of that Minnesota Vikings year where they went 13-3 and three and they went to the NFC Championship game. I'll be right back. I'm going to cry for a minute. But um, let's head over to the Bay Area and uh, talk about the San Francisco 49ers. So San Francisco is actually a team that I'm pretty excited about. Um, unfortunately, they started it off their season last year by losing their quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and starting running back Jarek McKinnon. But both of them are back this year, along with additions like Debo Samuel and Tevin Coleman. So what's in store for the 49ers this year? First off, the one thing I want to talk about is their crazy front defense, okay? That front seven is insane. Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, and D. Ford. That's pretty solid, man. If, you, if we're talking about, you know, defenses that we can get excited about, those are three guys that I'm super excited to see play. You know, those are those are guys that I actually am really, really excited 
uh, to watch play some football and get into the uh, get into the backfield and uh, cause a little bit of ruckus, you know. And and those guys are the guys to do that, especially Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner. Those guys bring in like a, a personality. Um, like a, like a personality type, just viciousness, you know what I mean? And, and Nick Bosa's kind of got like this cocky attitude. And I really like that about him. Um, cause he knows he's good just like his brother, Joey Bosa is a, that's another great football player. So, um, there's, there's a lot of upside as far as the 49ers go, uh, on offense, you know, you got Garoppolo and McKinnon back. There's a chance that this could be a really, really explosive off, uh, offense. Um, talking about, you know, we, we were talking about their, uh, their wide receivers, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis looks really good. George Kittle, that is a great tight end fantasy option. Just I don't know why I'm giving everybody in the league like all of these. I should I should keep some of this for myself. George Kittle is great. Uh, he's a he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the 49ers can adjust this year with having somebody like Garoppolo back because I mean their schedule their schedule has some tough opponents. That there are a lot of games that the 49ers can win. And if they could pull off like a like a nine and seven season or something like that, that might get them like a wild card spot, depending on the rest of the NFC. We all know how that goes. Um the the other team, like the team to beat for me, for the for the 49ers to solidify themselves is the Seahawks. Like even how however good the 49ers do, they're gonna have to compare themselves with the Rams and Seahawks. So Let's just roll right into talking about the Seahawks, okay? Um, the Seahawks were kind of overshadowed by the Rams last year, and they lost to Dallas in the playoffs. So can the Seahawks return to their former glory, or are we starting to see like the diminishing of a franchise? Now, I'm the kind of person that I can't write the Seahawks off because, one, Russ is a hell of a quarterback. Two, their coaching is so far above par, it's insane. Um, but I'm not so sure that they can be the Seahawks of old anymore, right? Um, they do have a solid defense. I messed up last week when I said that Ezekiel Anza was playing for the Lions. He actually plays for the Seahawks. So thank you guys for not calling me out on that. I appreciate that. Uh, but they did. We'll, we'll talk about the Seahawks adding Ezekiel Anza. That, that brings a tenacity on your, uh, your front four. You know, that's a that's a run stopper. That's a that's a QB stopper for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see him in that mix. They also have KJ Wright. They also have Bobby Wagner. So there's there's some pieces there that the Seahawks have that they can do a whole hell of a lot of damage with. You know what I mean? Um, especially on defense. It's kind of like they're trying to rebuild uh, the Legion of Boom since they lost, you know, uh, Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and Earl Jones like since they lost all of these people they're it looks like they're trying to rebuild it all over again and bring that back, which will be really, really fun to see. You know, if they're able to bring back that Legion of boom and get back to, uh, get back to some real angry, real rough and tumble defense, it's going to be nice to see. And with additions like Ezekiel Anza, they're in the right direction. Okay. Uh, on the offensive side is DK Metcalf, a big wide receiver threat, man, I did not like that shuttle time that he had. Like, we're making a big deal out of him because he's fast and he's strong, but that shuttle time, I just don't really like. We're going to have to see how corners react to him, to be completely honest. We're going to have to see if anybody can guard him or if he's too big to guard. If he's one of those guys where, you know, he can muscle around these smaller corners and stuff like that and get off of, he also is very, very fast. 
So there's a, there's a lot of things that weigh in there. So as, as far as I see DK Metcalf, I just see him as another big target for Russ, which is going to be really, really good for that offense. Um, Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, that running back tandem could be pretty dangerous. So it's going to be, in, it's going to be something to see. Um, and Russ had an insane year last season, 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So the real question is, can he repeat it? Um, man, given the right options. Yeah, honestly, Russ could repeat this all over again and, and have another season like that. The only thing is they have to be able to take down the Rams. All right. So since we're speaking of insane seasons, let's talk about the Rams who finished 13 and three last season, but lost to the juggernaut Patriots in the Super Bowl 13 to three, right? That's an interesting, they went 13 and three and they lost 13 and three. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> but I have to ask the question, did the Patriots give everyone in the league the remedy to beat the Rams? Stop Todd Gurley. Or do the Rams make another run through the NFC? It's kind of a toss-up, man, because you kind of see the way that the Patriots played the Rams, and you can you can kind of surmount that the way the Patriots played them is the way a lot of other people could beat them. You know what I mean? Slowing their offense down and frustrating their offense is the way to beat the Rams. You can you can wait out their defense. You know, you can you can wait out their defense kind of chip shot points. I mean, the, the Patriots only scored 13 points. So it's not like the Patriots had one hell of an offensive game, you know, but they were able to kind of like get their digs in where they where they could, but at the end of the day what they did was shut down that offense, that high powered, that high explosive that highfalutin um, offense, they were able to shut that down. So uh, defensively, though, the Rams added Clay Matthews. Nice to see. Really, really nice to see. Uh, Secondary is looking good. Eric Weddle, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters. That's pretty solid. The Rams are looking pretty solid, right? The, the offense still pretty much looks the same. It's kind of mirrored. So um, the Rams have another good chance to go 13-3, and three, man. As long as they're able to keep that offense high-powered, They'll be able to repeat the same things going through the season, but the big point is going to be finishing strong and not letting their offense get shut down or finding a way to win. Sean McVay has to be a little bit more inventive when it comes to finding ways to win. Um, that's going to be it for this week. Congratulations to the winners. Hit me up on Instagram, guys. You can follow me um, on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Remember, I will be live streaming the draft this week on Thursday, twitch.tv slash it's game over 702. And I will see you next week where we're going to go over all of the fantasy info. We're going to talk about it. We're going to see how well the rest of the league does. All right, you guys have a great week.